today we're going to be um, continuing our series, Frequency. Why don't we say that word together? One, two, three, Frequency. All right, Frequency. I'm convinced if it is your first time here, I want to let you know uh, the pastor before you is convinced God has spoken, is speaking, and will continue to speak uh, to his followers. Jesus would even say that his sheep, those that uh, he's called, that he's set apart, they, they hear his voice. And they, they, we know God through the scriptures. We talked about that a couple weeks ago and how, listen, if you are struggling right now to hear God's voice, this is the starting place. This is, this is the training for knowing and hearing the whispers of God in your life. But we believe he's involved in our decision making and in our plans and in our processes. And today, I, I felt nudged to go in a specific direction it's, it's kind of a, a season of life or a series of events in life that we typically don't associate with hearing God's voice. And it's, uh, it's the theme of hurt. It's the theme of hurt. Four-letter word, H-U-R-T. And I've noticed in my years of ministry that, that many times people, um, they, it's not that they would say, hey, God's absent, God doesn't care. But they're a little unconvinced that God is actually speaking during those seasons. And I think it's appropriate for me as a pastor to come alongside you and to encourage you and let you know, uh, actually, in those moments, God is speaking. And He is not a God that just wants to see you saved and, you know, into heaven. But He's a God that journeys through life with us. And uh, I'm not going to encourage you to take a look around. I'm not going to encourage you to raise your hand. But I can promise you, I know one thing about you. You've been hurt in life. And I know one thing about our God. He draws near to those who have been hurt or are hurt. And so we, wanna, uh, we just want to posture. I want to posture our heart as a, as a church that, that, um, that we don't want to run from hurt. We don't want to be a church that sweeps hurt under the rug. But we want to be a church that knows, man, we can bring our hurt to God and receive in time his healing, receive in time his peace and the hope that he gives. So here's how we'll go this morning. We're going to spend a little time identifying hurt, kind of what it is and what it can do. I'm going to talk about God's heart towards those who are hurting. And then I'm going to... Uh, boldly, I've got some suggestions. I don't believe this is an area of life where a pastor can come along and say, listen, do these three steps, and for 1995, you'll be healed. All right? I believe it takes a little more care, and I always, especially on a topic like this, I want to surrender any advice I have ultimately to God's Word and to the Holy Spirit, okay? But hopefully, at the end, I'll have just a couple encouragements for you, maybe some practical ideas. We've not done this for several years, but inside of your worship guide, just because of the brevity of the content, I went ahead and put some notes in your worship guide. Actually, I didn't. I made them. Our awesome guest services team put them in there for you. But you can grab a pen and fill in some blanks, and maybe this will help you. Um, or certainly, I think it may be, may be available to help others uh, in your life if right now you're feeling healed, whole, and strong. That's a good place to be. I love that. And I know that that's God's heart for us. But in order to reach sometimes the green pastures, in order to reach the still waters, in order to reach that 
relationship with God where we can tune in even more to His frequency, it, it really it's really important that, that we open ourselves to being healed from the hurt uh, that we experience in life. So we'll just set the stage briefly. Um, it's important to know that God welcomes us in the difficult and painful seasons of life. Hurt comes in two ways. Uh, I know all of this personally. <laughs> Hurt can be self-inflicted. Been there, done that, and I've got several scars to show. Hurt, though, also can be others inflicted. When it has to do with others, we kind of fall into two camps for them. They either intentionally or unintentionally hurt us. It's just a part of life. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got two deep words. Hurt happens. All right? You've seen the bumper sticker maybe with other things happens. Hurt happens, okay? Hurt happens. It's just, it's just part of the process of life. Um, Define, let me take a moment and define inner hurt, okay? Let me just define it for our time together. This is a blow, okay, that inflicts an emotional wound, an emotional injury or the cause of such an injury, okay? Just something, you're going through life, you thought things were great, and then boom, ouch, you got hurt. The symptoms of an inner hurt are different. To state the obvious, right, when we get hurt physically, it can be very obvious. My wife will tell you, when Paul is hurt, it is very obvious, right? I've, I've, I've learned to make noises and sounds. Come on, you men know we can make noises and sounds. Like We were not gifted with pain tolerance. The Lord gave all of that to ladies and us men. We're just, we're just trying to make through as emotionally healthy as we can. But when I'm physically hurt, you're going to hear, ow, oh, Kelly's like, Quit it. Knock it off, you know? It's like, babe, my arm is over there. Ah, it's just but a flesh wound. No, but, but when we have, <clears throat> when, we, when we're physically, physically hurt, it's obvious, right? But here's the thing we know about life. Sometimes when things are hurt on the inside, when we're hurt on the inside, a lot of times it goes unnoticed. It goes unchecked. And sometimes we've not been given the operating system in life to identify that we've been hurt or damaged, and uh, it's important uh, for us to speak on this and take a few moments. I love, there's a book by a, uh, a name, uh, that, a name, an author has a name, David Siemens. There's a DS at the end, it's Siemens. And the book is called Healing for Damaged Emotions. And at the very beginning of the book, he gives what I think is just a great picture, it's just a great kind of, kind of, kind of mind activity to envision our lives, and it's, it's a parallel between our lives and the life of a tree. And so an image is going to come up that I think we're all familiar with, maybe from our backyard or walking in a national park. It's when a tree goes down, you see what? The tree rings. And in the rings, you can see different experiences or different seasons of the life of that tree. And uh, if we can bring up the quote, I think, we, I, think I set it in. Uh, David Siemens, he says this, If you visit the western United States, you'll see the beautiful giant sequoia and redwood trees. In most of the parks, the naturalists could show you a cross-section of a great tree they've cut. They will point out the rings of the tree, or excuse me, the rings of the tree reveal the developmental history. How about that? Year by year. Here's a ring that represents a year when there was a terrible drought. Here are a couple rings from years when there was too much rain. Here's where the tree was struck by lightning. 
Here are some normal years of growth. This ring shows a forest fire that almost destroyed the tree. Here's another of savage blight and disease. And he goes on, he says, All of this lies embedded in the heart of the tree, representing the autobiography of its growth. That's the way it is with us. Just a few thin layers beneath the protective bark of our lives, the concealing protective mask, are the recorded rings of our lives. Like a tree, I want you to think about this, our life has memories, moments, and seasons of deep pain. It's called hurt. I was thinking about one example, a pastor named David. So growing up in the house he grew up in, David was pretty excited one particular semester to bring home a report card with B's and C's. He's coming into the living room, sees his dad. Dad, look what I got, B's and C's. And the dad responds, how about that? I think with a little more effort, you can get all B's. So the next semester, he's coming home. Same scenario. Dad, look, I got all B's. Well, that's fine, son. But with a little more energy and effort, maybe he gets all A's. So guess what? He buckles in, latches on, spends the time, all the extra energy. And guess what? Straight A's. Comes running home, rushing home, enters through the door. Dad, all A's. Dad looks and says, son, I know those teachers. They give those out for free. So you can imagine as a young child, it's no wonder that David, a pastor, had a nervous breakdown several decades on because of the hurt he received. Is it just the hurt of that one moment? Probably not. But that hurt created an operating system for him to function in life. And so unbeknownst to anybody around him except his wife who <laughs> called him in for a much needed checkup. There's an inner hamster wheel that he never measures up, never measures up, never measures up. Is he saved? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit doing a good work in his life? Yes. Is he in local community? I would hope so. He's the pastor. All right. But what's the tragedy? The tragedy is a hurt several or a wound several decades before, is now functioning in his day-to-day -day life. So often in the Christian world, we, we, we fail to recognize, man, God isn't just about getting you saved, putting a barcode, and when you get to heaven, it beeps as you go through the gates of heaven. Beep, beep, you know, they're in. No, 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 no. God has invited you into relationship with him. That in the difficult spots, in the trauma spots, in the hard places of our life, God enters in. God doesn't remove himself. And hurt, it can happen. Expected ways, as I mentioned, or unexpected ways. I have just a list of maybe some expected ways, okay? This happens for each and every one of us. A, a timely loss of a loved one or a friend. It's okay to not be okay. Okay, with the timely loss of a loved one or a friend. Moved location due to family or career. The home stress test would say that's one of the most stressful seasons of life. Get it? Even a good job. You're moving. There's a lot of stress involved. Listen, a new set of friends, new set of relationships, there's some pain of loss there because you're starting over. Empty nest for the first time? Or how about just a lonely season? Those are expected. Some unexpected ways or an untimely loss of a loved one or friend. Whew. Rejection. You're like, man, I didn't sign up for that. 
hurts, emotional or physical abuse, painful words, divorce, any number of unmet expectations. And then the old consequences of personal mistakes and poor decisions. The enemy loves to kick us around on our worst day, doesn't he? And so you're, you're, you're 10 feet under the, the deep waters of shame. And the enemy just wants to push you farther and farther down. He wants you to meditate on that hurt and to think there's no escape. There's no changing course. You're too far gone. You know, I've seen people as they receive Christ and all the, the joy of new birth, regeneration, justified by faith and the blood of Jesus covers a multitude of sins. I've seen people in the honeymoon season, those several weeks or months after, everything's going great. But then shame gets in and starts knocking around on the doors of their heart. And they wake up one day and they think, man, there's no way. This is way too good to be true. It's way too, man, if Jesus really knew who I was and what I'd done, man, it's, 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 it's too good. The gospel is too good for me. There's no way God accepts me. And what is that? That's, that's shame. That's the accuser of the brethren reminding you of your, your worst mistake. 1 Corinthians 13 shows the heart of God. No record of wrongs through the blood of Jesus. And I think about, I think about maybe, maybe you, you're, you're, you're in a season, there's some difficult things you're working through, maybe there's some hurt that you've never even given thought to. Man, my hope is that the Holy Spirit would have you on a journey of healing. That you wouldn't be a, a, a person that just kind of takes these memories or these seasons of life and just sweeps them under the rock. Under the rug. Man, it can destroy families. It can destroy households. It can destroy our future. If we don't let the Holy Spirit come in and deal with our pain. Amen? If we don't, if we don't invite Him in, Lord, take, take the hurt. Take the pain. But it's more complicated sometimes than just saying, hey, I'll give it to you, God. Putting on a face that smiles. We've got to be real before God. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to trust Him in some of these, these, these deep areas. And I love thinking about, and before we, <laughs> we get into the verses, I love thinking about all of us have a different pain threshold. I was joking about mine. I have a very low physical pain threshold. My wife will tell you. <laughs> but for some of us, we, we may be healthier than we thought we were. And so a hurt comes along. And that window, that what may have taken years, suddenly it takes weeks or a couple days, and then maybe just a few minutes in our development, in our growth with the Lord. I have what I call just a pain threshold, and these are all sorts of different people. This is each one of us. We have a different pain threshold. Personality comes into play. Family of origin comes into play. Life experience comes into play. Some of our relational equity, like our relationship with God, that's very important. That comes into play. Our relational connectivity with life-giving, healthy community, it's important. It comes into play. Don't let anybody unnecessarily tell you these words. It's no big deal. It doesn't matter in the long run. How about these three? Get over it. You're just being sensitive. Here's a classic. This is a classic. I have used this. Don't judge. I've used this one. You're so emotional. 
Husbands, <laughs> never say that. All right. <laughs> Parents, don't say that. Don't say that. Okay. But I say this, all of us have a different, a different level, a different, different level of pain threshold. Sometimes we can, get, we can get so judgy towards others. But the Lord's not saying, don't judge others, man. Let's take care of you. You know what I mean? He does that to me several, several times. So here's the good news. This is the main part of things. God wants to heal us. God comes to us when we're hurting, when we're broken, when there's difficulty. Here's God's heart towards the hurting. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 specifically. Luke chapter 4, Jesus is in the synagogue. He opens the scroll and he reads from the scroll of Isaiah about his earthly ministry. He's fresh from the desert, being tempted by the enemy. And now he's kicking off his earthly ministry. And notice what's right there. He has sent me to what? Heal the broken hearted. Now, there's one thing you get out of this today is that Jesus, earthly ministry and ministry sense of the Holy Spirit, or sense with the Holy Spirit, is to heal the brokenhearted. Not just to save you, dust you off, kick you in the backside, and good luck. No, he's going to be with us through the journeys of life, through the seasons of life, through the pains of life. Jesus' priority was to heal the brokenhearted. Much of his teaching and ministry led people to live a life of obedience to God, expressed in love of God and love of neighbor. Psalm 34, 18. So the prophets, several centuries before, what did they say? The Lord is where? Close to the brokenhearted and saves those crushed in spirit. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-5, it says this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of what? compassion and what the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we may comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God for just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ so also our comfort abounds through Christ it's remarkable when we think about the ministry of Jesus is that he wants us, if you think about this, he wants us to be healed, to be ambassadors of healing to the world around us. I believe Christians should be the most healing people on the face of the planet. Some people, don't worry, they don't want healing. Nothing you can do about that. But many people do. There's multiple ways you enter the kingdom of God. And for many people, it's knowing that God isn't distant or far-fetched, but he's near. He enters our pain with us and that he doesn't cause these things to happen but he sure can use all these things and rework them redeem them together for his glory in and through our lives it's the remarkable process that god takes us on so a couple minutes left potential steps toward hearing god dialing into his frequency in the midst of hurt First is step toward the hurt by identifying and clarifying the pain. You would think I would say step toward God. Part of it is saying or going from I'm not hurt to I'm hurt. There's some stuff there. Some of it is not denying 
Not continuing. Listen, some of you have been sweeping, not you, right? People outside of here. Some people outside of here been sweeping so much stuff under the rug, man. There is no level ground in your house. <laughs> it's like, it's like, are we going to talk about that? No, no, no. We're just going to keep sweeping, sweeping. It's like, man, that is not under the rug, man. That is crazy. <laughs> you know, we have to identify. Listen, we can't, God can't heal of, uh, heal of us of anything we refuse to believe is there. It's just the truth. Uh, we have to admit, we have to confess, we have to identify. And so I say, step toward the hurt by identifying and clarifying the pain. It's no easy step, but Psalm 139, verse 23, it says what? Search me, O God, and what? Know my heart. Search me, know my heart. If you feel stale in your relationship with God, this is a great prayer to get your passion back. It's a bold prayer. It's a a dangerous prayer for those in our small group, right? Search me. It's vital because here's here's what I know. Here's what I know about myself. When a hurt happens, there's kind of three temptations before me. The first is, well, I'm going to be tempted to minimize it. It ain't no thing. It's nothing. I'm over it. Quit bringing it up. It's no big deal. Right? Sound familiar? Probably not. Some of you are like, what is going on there? We, we can be tempted to minimize it. Eh, it's nothing. And what do we do? We just, we, we rather carry the offense and avoid the conversation, somebody. Did, did Jesus walk around offended and refuse to have conversations? No. Oh, so we, 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 what do we do? We don't, we don't want to minimize it. We want to identify it. We don't want to just sweep under the rug or try to move on too quickly or just avoid it all together. We want to calmly, with deep breaths, we want to talk about it. We want to begin to journey through it. If we're not careful, if we don't step towards it, we're just going to minimize it. Or how about this? I've done this before. We're going to confuse it. Point in case, I remember early, early, early on in my years of ministry, I didn't take coaching the best. I took accountability well, but I didn't take coaching the best. So my, my pastor, still my pastor today, would come alongside and be like, hey, Paul. Actually, that wasn't his temperament. Hey, Paul. Boom, 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 boom. And I would take it all personal. Was it personal? No. But the enemy sure wanted me to receive it as personal. Because what? If I take it personally, I can receive the offense, put up a wall, stump my growth. Nothing would make the enemy happier than a pastor not growing in the Lord. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching for you, not at you today. I'm preaching preaching to myself as well. I have a tendency, though. I had to identify it. But then I would also get confused. Man, he's he's personally attacking me. Oh, I'm just, I'm just, so just open. Try not to. I do. Hide my emotions better than some, right? So I'm not moping, but I'm like, oh, man, I can't do anything right, blah, blah, blah. And the enemy just starts circling, circling, circling. It can get what? It can get confusing because what? I let my emotions get way out of whack on the scenario. So what do we have to do? Well, we, we have to step towards it. When we step towards the pain, what I mean is sitting in silence, sitting in stillness, meeting with the Lord and letting Him just bring some clarity over the conversation or the situation. You could do this in your private life. In fact, Henry Nowa, a tremendous author, he says you should do this every day. Process the conversations you've had 
Because a lot of times you may get a little nick, a little hurt, a little scar, a little scab, a little punch, a little, little, little smack upside the head on your internal world. And he's like, hey, you need to pause and meet with the Lord about that. It's important we do this. I know for some of you are like, what are we talking about? We're talking about moving forward, dialing into the frequency of God when we're hurt, when we're trying to manage our life and move forward. And the third If we don't step towards it, here's what we can do. We'll be tempted to magnify it. We'll make something far greater, far larger than it really needs to be. As we step towards the pain, we can understand it for what it is. Some things are not as big as they feel in the moment, somebody. Requires us to slow down and get an understanding of it. Second, step toward God in your private life. Most moments of healing from hurt in my life have happened in my quiet times. (laughs) They happened from a verse. I wasn't expecting it. They happened from a nudge. Maybe the Lord brings up a song, brings up a conversation. Maybe it's something I'm reading. Or maybe it's just a sense of his love and his compassion and his goodness. And he's like, listen, doesn't that feel good? And I'm like, it feels good. And then he says, well, why don't you forgive others? Okay. Most of the healing has happened, not from a sermon, not necessarily from a song, but from the quiet places. And disciplining with a habit of showing up, of showing up, of showing up. Believe it or not, even for pastors, sometimes the frequency isn't always dialed in. But guess what I do? I keep showing up. I keep showing up. You can discipline. Some of you, you've got to discipline yourself to be spending quality time with God. It's one of his favorite love languages. Quality time. And we need to present ourselves to the Lord. Psalm 16.8. I'll be ending us soon. Psalm 16.8 says, I've set the Lord where? Always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Make daily space to meet with God. Some of you to get healing, you're like, man, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And God's just saying, hey, spend some time with me. And we're like, nah. No. I'd rather get my sports on. I'd rather get my social media on. God's like, no, man, I could, I, I could, no, I would rather fall for the comparison trap of social media than be healed, Jesus. Back off. Right? And God's like, no, I want to heal you, I want to heal you. I don't have time. I'm too busy. What are you busy with? I, I don't know yet. I just know I'm too busy. <laughs> don't you know if you can pull aside, pull away? Jesus, in some of his most difficult moments, he escaped. Didn't even tell the disciples the audacity to go alone and meet with the Lord. It's remarkable the healing that awaits us. I could personally testify most of my major moments were never at a conference. We're not listening to all the worship music that I love to listen to all the time. They were just in the quiet place where I was slowed down, trying my hardest to dial in. And the Lord, as Josh was even saying in the ministry moment, he would just highlight searching areas of my heart, searching my anxiety. This is real. This is real. Let's let's make it more real. You got 
You got your toes covered real quick? Some of you are like, ah, here's the deal. You're going somewhere with your hurt, somebody. Where are you going with your hurt? Where are you going? Alcohol? Pornography? Drugs? Where are you going with that hurt? Where's that memory led you to? Cycle of shame and brokenness? Distance? You're just keeping everybody 100 feet away? Can never settle into a local church? I don't know, not you. I'm talking about other people right now, somebody. Where are we going with our hurt? God is calling for you to go to Him. To receive His love to receive his mercy, to receive his hope. Let him breathe life on those hard places, those hurt dreams. Where do we go with our trauma? And we need God. A lot of times we need therapy as well. We are all for that. Because we're all going to go places with our hurt. Why not take the hard step towards healing? Two other thoughts. Step toward trusted, healthy, godly voices in your life. I found in my own life that hurt is most comfortable in isolation. Y'all know I love to party. Self-pity party, that is. There ain't no party like a good old self-pity party. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah. It's like, I don't need much. You just say something that offends me. Oh, God, what is, you know, get my self-pity party on. And God's like, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's get healed. Let's process, let's get healing and wholeness. Can I tell you, I'm convinced America is in a bit of a discipleship crisis. And it's really a lot to do with our hurt. Because we're processing in ways our parents taught us how to process, or ways our grandparents taught us how to process, and it's not healthy. God's calling for us to do life in community, to do life with Him, to allow trusted voices in, to speak to areas of our life, to, to just heal us and bring us forward, dialing into the frequency of God. And then last, step away from isolation. Step away from isolation. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, here, two can defend themselves. In isolation, the accusatory voices of the enemy, you'll never measure up. You're not good enough. You, 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 you don't have a future. Blah, 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 blah. We know them real. They hurt, they're painful, and they're true when he's whispering to us. We've got to have another in our life that says, oh man, that's the accuser. He's stupid. He, he don't give a rip. You need people in your life too can defend themselves. Sometimes you need another to lock arms with and defend yourself from the spiritual warfare that the enemy's trying to infiltrate your mind and your soul and your life with. This is a great plug for small groups. You can sign up next Sunday. <laughs> like, hey, I'm always going to do it, y'all. You know, I'm going to get it in there. We're going we're to make it in there. 
But I mean this. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. It's not quickly broken. It's not quickly broken. We have to. We have to be sensitive to the Lord. There are moments, there are cycles, there are seasons of life where God, God brings us. God brings us. It's His grace. He brings things to our attention. Louise, you want to come forward? Mom, you want to come forward? There's a life that God just brings healing and wholeness. Listen, come back next week. We're going to wrap up the frequency series. It's not going to be as, as intense, I promise. But I felt like the Lord wanted me to share. Man, let's be people who lean in and hear during the places of hurt, right? During the seasons of life. We want to be people who live whole because we don't just believe it as lip service, but we've experienced it. That Jesus, he's come to heal the brokenhearted. Amen? Amen.